Hello and welcome to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two thirty-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Keith McLeod, and with me is my fellow host Chris Lavender. Today on Alive or Just Blethering, I'll be taking us through Siren Song of the Counterculture by Rise Against. Hello, Keith. How's it going? Pretty good, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just um, stroking my porn tash right now. Yeah, you got some chops on there. Got Thanks. some handlebars. Thanks. I'm doing a little bit of Movember. I, I, I don't know if it really makes sense to shave a beard to then grow back in a mustache, but here I am. You're doing it all for a good cause, I hope. Yeah, there's, there's prize money for the best tash. Oh, so not the charity. Good. Okay. <laughs> no, half, half of the money raised goes to the charity. And the other half goes to the other charity. The, of, Yourself. Of the best of the best Tash charity, <laughs> yes. Very good. Well, uh, <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Alive or Just Blethering. Uh, yes, Keith has brought us an absolute banger this week. Thank you, Keith. You're more than welcome. It's been a fun week, hasn't it? As an off. This has been something. As an off? You want right? As an off? This has taken me right back to an exceptionally specific time in my life. Uh, this is good. This has been good. And in, a, in all the right reasons. Loved it. I will preface this episode with, once again, a little bit like he is legend. I'm not a massive Rise Against fan. Like, I didn't, this album didn't get me into Rise Against and I didn't become vegan and start supporting PETA because of it. I just love this album. I think from start to finish, it's an absolute banger. It's gold straight out the gate. And, yeah, I mean, I've appreciated Rise Again since. I've always dropped in on their albums and had a little look, and I've I've enjoyed some stuff, not enjoyed all of it. But this this album was just an absolute banger in its day. It was. And I had then went, after hearing this album, I went and listened to Revolutions Per Minute, which had come out a year earlier on Fat Records. And loved that album that was that was a one that was just walking to work music for a good few months for me yeah this album is really really like a really specific nostalgic moment in my life and which i'm I'm sure we're going to cover absolutely if you're uh, if you're new to the podcast welcome thanks for joining us if you're returning to the podcast thanks for coming back uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about this this album Oh, I can't even remember the name of it now. Siren songs of the counterculture, and if you've got any feelings on the matter, if you've got any opinions, if you think we're right, we're wrong. Uh, after we're done talking our shit for the next hour, why don't you hit us up on the socials? Give us a little DM, give us a little message, give us a little like, maybe even recommend us to a friend. Who knows? Lovely. So, Keith, give me the moment you discovered Rise Against. I can't because I was in a very altered state of mind. But it involved a PS2 and a certain game called Need for Speed Underground 2. What a time to be alive. I mean, who? if you didn't start with a Clio Sport, were you ever playing the game? He started with a 350Z, but yeah. Cool. Carry on. Was Wait, hang on. Let's go back to this. Was the Clio Sport in Most Wanted? I don't know. I played I played Most Wanted. The one that came before this, Need for Speed Underground. Okay, we're, we're now a gaming podcast. The Need for Speed Under the first Need for Speed no. Underground was like no, a, no, no, just no, no. A, we are we are not a gaming podcast. <laughs> we're going to reminisce over a very specific two games of a genre of 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 a franchise, and that'll get us onto this album. <laughs> Understood. But anyway, the first Need for Speed Underground was more of just a, a standard racing game of the time, which was. You picked from a list of cars, courses. You ran through a pretty standard campaign of of progressively harder races. Need for Speed Underground 2 was the open world one. It was the yeah, first open world like Need for Speed that I remember, at least. I'm looking at it now. You, I'm sure one of the first cars you got to sort of pick was the Clio V6. And... Uh... Okay, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. 
back in my day I might have been a little bit of a car boy not so much now but might have been a little bit of a going out in my cars and sitting out in the cold like a loser and burning fuel but um, yeah no you had the, the, the Clio well I'm pretty sure I started with the Clio V6 was a great game though I remember putting a lot of hours into it and playing a lot of multiplayer because at that time while well, you were in an altered state of mind I was <laughs> I had just started uni so I was in university halls making friends and, and also in an altered state of mind very very much so and my friend had got this game on day of release. We yep. played it incessantly for a month. And then I got it like a month later. And then I played it incessantly for months, I think. I, I can't remember. But I remember playing it to completion, to absolute 100% completion. And loving every minute of it. So this, I know what you're bringing up. Hey guys, how, what's this got to do with Rise Against? This game had an amazing soundtrack. Uh, a wonderful soundtrack. Will we will we have a look at the soundtrack of this of of this game? Go on then. Let's let's enlighten our audience if they hadn't ever heard of such Need for Speed Underground. You know the the Fast and the Furious the game. How could how could that have such a an amazing soundtrack in two thousand and four? Well, this is the thing. And I'm sure it, it probably contributes to 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 why we were playing this game at the time as well, or perhaps why it was so big. And of course, if you're looking at it, the first Need for Speed film came out in 2001. So Fast and Furious. Thank you. The first Fast and Furious film came out in 2001. So it's already in the sort of zeitgeist of like this boy racer sort of culture and stuff like that. And here you've got this game that lets you put like body kits and alloys and stuff like that. Some people are probably switching off right now thinking who the fuck are these Neds and why the hell am I, have I ever put time into their podcast? But no, th- th- this was a totally, I-, I remember being a very collaborative game and a lot of friends uh, playing this game and enjoying it as well. But like you say, the soundtrack was banging also. Some of the songs I specifically remember are the, the Snoop Dogg version of Riders of the Storm. Classic. Love it. Just such a weird, weird song for Snoop Dogg to be on. Who else have we got here? We've got Exhibit, LAX, uh, Paul Van Dyke. <laughs> Paul Van Dyke was on this. Killing Joke. Uh, of course, we've got Rise Against, Give It All, which is an amazing song to, to, to introduce to. The Bronx. Fucking Ministry, Queens of the Stone Age, Mudvayne, Helmet, Spider-Bait Black Betty was was a big one I remember, some local boys, Skindred, were on the soundtrack as well, just top, top jams while you're rolling around in your Clio V6, like, you know, doing some street racing. I have to say, I also had uh, Underground Rivals on my PSP, and that had a My Chemical Romance song on it, Thank You for the Venom which was from the previous album prior to I'm Not Okay. Which one's that again? Three Chasers Sweet Revenge? Is that on that one? I can't remember, actually. What's Thank You for the Venom on? No, I don't think it's on Three Chasers. But yeah, that had that. It also had um, a band called No Warning, who are... That sounds familiar. An extremely hardcore punk band that... Hmm, the, the hardcore band that I used to play and used to cover when we played live. So to see that is... It's something. Obviously, Need for Speed Underground, Give It All, was one of the best songs on this soundtrack. I'd heard Rise Against a little bit earlier than this. They were on, I think, some skateboard videos my friend had downloaded on Napster or Kazar or whatever you would have downloaded videos on at the time because Napster didn't do videos. Mm-hmm. And they'd used Like an Angel. Right. But it was when it was properly properly credited it wasn't just like you had to work it out or anything it was like a properly credited song that was being used in these skateboard videos and so that was the first time. i remember that being so rise against were in my consciousness from these skate yeah. videos sure and then i got burnout three several months before need for speed underground 2 and on that album and on that soundtrack sorry was Paper Wings. Wow, really? I never played the Burnout games. I'm different, sort of different to the the Need for Speed ones. Not interested in the modding. That was more about just ridiculous arcade racing 
smashing the shit out of other cars. I still play Burnout. I was playing Burnout Paradise just a few days ago oh on my, my PlayStation. You boy racer. Still a lot of love for that game. But Need for Speed Underground 2, I can put a proper pin in a moment where I was listening to Rise Against playing that game in University Halls 2004, which was just peak, peak life. 18 years old and just having the best of times. Yeah, absolutely. You're, 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 you're living your best there, aren't you? You're, you're doing you. And uh, I, I, yeah, round about, I think round about the same time, 2004, 2005, just round a friend's house. And we're just we're just absolutely grinding this game up. I've just double checked the Need for Speed Most Wanted because I think that's the, the only sort of real two games that I played of this. I just wanted to double check their soundtrack. Maybe not as much coming up at me. A little bit of Lupe Fiasco, but then you start to get a little bit of Static X, Disturbed, Prodigy, Mastodon, Blood Ooh. and Thunder. Good. Topical that Mastodon and Disturbed have just came up on the same soundtrack, but we'll not talk about that. Or will we talk about that? I mean... Uh, uh, Bullet said... by Valentine, Hand of Blood. Oh yeah, I forgot that was that was on Most Wanted. It was. Avenged Sevenfold, Jamiroquai. So Most Wanted had some good soundtracks. But what yeah. Avenged Sevenfold song was it? Is it City of Evil? Blinded in Chains. I think it's from the album City of Evil then, I think. Yeah, it is. I thought I'd misread that, but it is blinded in chains. City of Evil was on Guitar Hero 3. That was it. Right. There's another set of games that we could talk about. But anyway, we're talking about Rise Against today, I'm sure. So we're going to, we'll, we'll sidestep Mastodon and Disturbed. <sighs> Brett, if you're listening, you're not. Brent? Brett? Brent? Brit? Brent? Yeah, he said some. He said something questionable and doubled down. You'd have thought, it's, it's disappointing at the end of the day. It's disappointing. You'd think he would know better or, you know, just not be that kind of person who that has those sort of words still in their vocab- vocabulary. But sort your shit out, Brent Hines. There we go. But let's talk about Rise Against. Something a bit less political, more politically charged, but less culturally charged. <laughs> But even though if it's siren songs of the counterculture, very culturally charged. So that straight off the bat, the the title has me hooked. Siren song of the counterculture. Not so much the first part, siren song. I'm not particularly clear on that or how that's how that relates. But counterculture, that is my bag. Sometimes I think I just hate things because they're the established culture. Do you know what I mean? Politics, the monarchy old people like i'm just like nah you've been around for too long let's try something else like let's try something new and so that counterculture thing really sort of spoke to me to begin with yeah when you've been into what could be best described as alternative music for Mm -hmm. by this point a good three or four years i suppose yeah you are the counterculture and you you read a title like this like this is shouting out to me. I am the counterculture. This is my siren song. This is us. So to me, a siren song has got sort of a double meaning. So a siren, literally a fucking alarm, is oh, it? Oh, yeah. Is like it on, al- on a car, on, yeah. on a police car or something. Yeah, is it an alarm screaming out, this is for you, this is for you, you're part of the counterculture? Or is it a siren, Greek mythology siren? Yeah, that's where it initially went with me. So is it's it's someone shouting out to you to and to lure you in which is sort of the similar meaning i guess but but then that's almost take the meaning of like the greek siren or you know the the mermaid that's like calling you into the ocean they're calling you there to kill you not to awaken you culturally <laughs> culturally yeah i mean it's a, a siren it's an, an alarm a wake-up call something to shout bring you in bring you in to talk about the counterculture and then track one, State of the Union. This is where it begins. You start with the State of the Union. It's an absolute gut punch straight away. Like it's a, it's a pretty good. I think from what you were saying, um, was it last week with the, uh, with with the first song on Watch Out, Accidents. Like it's, it's a statement. It's, it's, it's a 
this is where this album this is what this album is going to be yeah and i think state of the union is very much that as well it's their first major release they got a lot of shit for moving off of fat, fat wreck fat records. records yeah they got a lot of shit for moving from fat records initially to dreamworks records our old pals dreamworks but while they were recording this album dreamsworks DreamWorks got absorbed by Geffen. So the album was ultimately released on Geffen, however they initially signed to DreamWorks. But of course, the old adage of them selling out came across. And I have to say, going from Revolutions, so because after hearing, so I heard Siren Son of the Counterculture first, and then I went back and revisited the, the rest of the discography and listened to Revolutions Per Minute, I didn't. I felt like there was a difference in quality by far. That they had got better recording, better sound. But Revolutions Per Minute's writing and Siren Son of the Counterculture's writing, they're on par. I would not say they ever sold out. I would. I've never counted Rise Against as one of those bands. I think there's only a year between the two, isn't there? I have some kind of memory that. Revolutions Per Minute got released, but a lot of it was like demos that had been passed around for a while. It always felt like when I listened to it, like it was like different EPs that had been sort of stitched together. I could be completely wrong. They did they did release a, an EP as a, under a different name. So there's, there's a bit of a funny story. It's, you know, people... Or I found it ironic that people were calling bullshit on them selling out and going to DreamWorks Records. But to sign to Fat Mike's label, Fat Mike from NoFX, to sign to his label, he stipulated that they had to change their name. What was the name beforehand? Transistor Revolt. And that was the name of their 2000 EP as well. So Fat Mike made them change their name. That's... that. I mean... I, I don't I dislike the phrase selling out for the for the most part because I think it's a it's the wrong sort of attitude. They wanted to be successful. So you listen to the people who are already successful, Fat Mike of Fat Records, an exceptionally successful punk rock musician and producer, record label owner, gives you a bit of advice. You you're gonna fucking take it, aren't you? Well, it, I mean, I'm, I only read this in my reading of this album, but if you're, I, I don't know, it wasn't advice, it was, or it's, it's written here as a stipulation that they changed their name, and he even suggested names. He suggested the name Jimmy Cracked Corn and the I Don't Cares. Shit name, sorry Mike. It's a horrendous name, which makes me think he's more on a business level about how he's going to sell these guys. He can't sell Transistor Revolt, but he thinks he can sell Jimmy Cracked Corn and the I Don't Cares. Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe. It's a, it's a ropey one. So ultimately, the um, it was a member who left shortly after this, but Tony Tintari that came up with the name Rise Against. And everyone approved it. Good. So for them to get their very first record deal, they changed their name. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do what you gotta do. Do do what you gotta do, indeed. So. I mean, I mean the thing is, like, Transistor Revolt. It's not a dreadful name. It's not. It's not off-putting. It's not Jimmy Crack Corn and the Who's. What would you rather listen to? Transistor Revolt or Jimmy Cracked Corn and the I Don't Cares? Definitely definitely Transistor Revolt. Like yep. I can Absolutely. Pretty pretty like, much pretty much with, with a lot of certainty. But what would I prefer? Transistor Revolt or Rise Against? Sure. Rise Against. In fairness, we are obviously We've had ten years of this band. Or more than ten 20, years. Twenty twenty one years of this band. We've had 21 years of this band, so we know the name Rise Against and we know what comes with the name Rise Against. But So we're obviously biased to the fact that Rise Against is better than Transistor Revolt. But it's just a, a, an interesting little bit that happened in their history. Yeah, that's uh, it's fascinating that they went through that. But I, I approve of the, the transition from 
Revolutions Per Minute, their their last independent release, and Siren Song of the Counterculture, as it was a, it, it felt like a, a natural step. Your previous album was a little bit rough around the edges, well-written and well-meaning, but and a little bit directionless in places. Then you make an absolute fucking banger like this, because it's you've you've got a newfound direction. You've you've got the right producers. You've got the right recording partners, and and everyone's just in the right zone. And they just nailed it on this one, like absolutely ten out of ten. I don't think there's a single song that I skip on this, except one. There's one I started to skip after listening to it. So obviously, in preparation for the pod, we've listened to our choices. Sort of on repeat for the for, for a week, right? I don't usually do that with this album. I'll give it one or two spins in a year, and I'm happy at that. Having to listen to it a bunch of times, and you know yourself, I drove up and down from Scotland last weekend, so I had eight hours in the car. I gave this a good couple of spins. There was one song I started to skip. So what 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 was your song? Mine, swing life away. Same, same, absolutely same. And it's not a bad song. By any standard, it's a very nice and lovely song, and it and it does on the first time or first couple of times, like you listen to the album, it is a it is a lovely sort of break from the the intensity of it all. But the next time you hear it, then it's like oh, I didn't want to break that. I wanted it to just keep going. I I just feel like if it was just track an eleven, twelve, swap them round, make it the last track. You can see why it's not though. Because they've started it on a banger and they're ending it on a banger, and "Swing Life Away" is an like again I, I agree entirely. Lovely, lovely song. My opinion of it did change a little bit in recent listenings, maybe because also I've changed. I've sort of moved on in my life a few years since sort of I really gave the song a good listen. Yeah, it it just got it just got to that point where yeah, maybe a bit boring or maybe a bit like um you know I don't really need this lull. I don't, I don't really need this. I think it, it just very... comes at the wrong time in the album. Either it needed to be in the middle or maybe a couple of... Tra- maybe if it came right after Give It All. Now, I, I will say this. Siren Song of the Counterculture is one of my favourite Rise Against albums. It is not my favourite. Their 2008 album, Appeal to Reason, is because it is their most... That's their album with the most pop sensibility. That is their absolute magnum opus of of just nailing. They just fucking nailed it. They took everything they did right with Siren Song and they just amplified it 10 times. And their acoustic number on that one is Hero of War, which is track 10. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a, I mean, it's 2008, so you have to put yourself in 2008 shoes. It's it's post-Afghanistan, post-Iraq, very anti-war sentiment pretty much throughout the, the album, if I'm being perfectly honest. But the, the fact that it bleeds so well from Hero of War into Saviour, which is the most popular Rise Against song on on all fronts by the looks of things, it's, it's just a, a beautiful sort of double track that could they can stand alone absolute strength to strength on their own songs but then when they're put together it's a fucking Gundam suit <laughs> Power Ranger thing man it just becomes an ultimate force it's so so beautiful it's eight you know it's it's eight minutes of your life you'll absolutely love to try I would recommend it to anyone anyone who asks me you know Rise Against Hero of War and a Saviour. Listen to those two songs back to back. You'll want to listen to the rest of everything they ever do. You know they're doing a, a live action Gundam. They're finally doing a live action Gundam. Oh, fuck. Anime doesn't work in live action. We've, we've, we went to see Ghost in the Shell together. That yes. was a dreadful remake. I was talking about that at the weekend actually then how much they whitewashed it but and then they doubled down on the whitewash at the end but oh lord. No we're not going to get stuck in this. I'm just saying they're doing, they're doing a, a Gundam they're doing a well, Cowboy doing, Bebop as well, aren't they? Yeah, doing, I've started watching Cowboy Bebop on Netflix because of the live action, and I thought, no, I need to, I need to know what this is uh, first of all. But on "Swing Life Away," again, beautiful, lovely song. 
you're right, after a few listens, it gets a bit boring, or I find it, it gets a bit boring, gets a bit dull. I also find it, it's, it's too romantic. It has this beautiful ideal and this notion that you can swing life away. You know, we'll just get by here on minimum wage. You, you watch the video and they're just like hanging out with friends and going to the bar and it's this very melancholy, chilled life and stuff like that. These guys aren't on minimum wage anymore. <laughs> not anymore, they're not. They were when they not wrote any- it. They maybe were when they wrote it. Well, they'd signed to DreamWorks Records, so they'd had a bit of an advance by this point. I get that they're obviously coming out of this life, but yeah, I just that—that's one of the reasons I started to skip it because I was a bit like, "This, this is romanticized." Yeah, and I'm sure there there are plenty of people out there. I know there are plenty of people out there on minimum wage that are happy in their lives. But it's just, it just built this romantic picture for me that I don't think, well, I, I moved on from that life, essentially. I wanted to own a house, so I had to move, I had to move off of minimum wage. Fair enough. That's what we got to do, what you got to do. Got to change your name. Got to, got to do some things. <laughs> You're totally, oh my God, I feel like I've cut you deep with this, with this revelation that they changed their name. Uh, it's not, not really, no, just... I just don't see it as a massive deal. I'm just glad they didn't change it to something shit. Like they almost did. I mean, they did. They did go for a better name, absolutely. But to, to sort of what you're saying about the sort of the later albums, I think I said it at the beginning. I didn't really go anywhere after this. I checked out later songs, but just no one album particularly grabbed me as much as as Siren Song for the Counterculture. It's just. With the exception of maybe Swing Life Away, which was a single release for them, just all the songs have... The thing that gets me as well about it as well, all the songs have a hook and nearly all of them for me have a vocal line that that really sticks and still sort of does mean something to me. Tim Tim is really good at writing great vocal hooks. There's no denying that. No more than in track three, a life less frightening. Because do you know what? I agree with it. I, 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 would, I do want that, yes. I do want a life less frightening. I don't want to wake up in the morning and see... A, like the, the, Just the shit that goes on in this world. It's like, yeah, I don't want it to be that bad. I don't want to see a reality TV guy as a world leader. I don't want to see the world literally burning. I don't want to see islands of rubbish in the Indian Ocean. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Or the Channel. Child, or the North Sea. Yeah. Or anywhere. I don't want to see child poverty. I don't want to see food banks. I don't want to see politicians profiteering out of pandemics. Like, I would fucking love a life less frightening roundabout now. It's, I don't it, want a pandemic. It would be a good time for a life less frightening. Yeah, absolutely, and that so so that song really sort of hits. I think it it, it takes a bit of a step back as well. It's it, it's it's a bit of a slower song, mm-hmm. but it's still quite hit. It's, it's so it's, I don't think it's as slow as Blood to Bleed. No, but I, I think this is one of the, the the beauties of this album is it is really. I know I've just kind of slagged it for having Swing Life Away at the end, but on the whole, it's pretty well paced. Yeah. You you do get your your slight, slightly slower songs, you get your fast songs, slow songs, and each one sort of like nicely bounces off each other. I think the one that I still have a a strong nostalgia for outside of Give It Up is is Paper Wings being like the first song that I heard from this album when it was on the the Burnout soundtrack. And I I, I sent you a video today. What 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 was that video? I sent you a video. You said almost. Oh, you sent me a video of you playing playing uh paper wings because it's a great totally. it's a fun song i think it's a really fun and bouncy song but I, I i just absolutely love his lyrics his lyrics are just so just so great and there's all like a, a, a sad melancholy behind them but it's played to this mm. really upbeat pop punk sound so like, i can't tell if you're laughing between each smile there's a tear in your eye there's a train leaving town in an hour it's not waiting for you neither am i it's it's great 
I love that, that 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 line as well. Like you you're right. I think I think the meaning of the song is about people drifting apart and and there is that sort of melancholy sort of sadness to it. But I also love that line. You know, there's a train leaving town an hour. It's not waiting for you and neither am I. As if that person's made that decision, they're going to move on with their life. Either you're going with them or you're not. Just again, like, put things in perspective. Literally, I mean, this. if I if, if burnout came out in September, I left a life in September of 2004 and start a new one. Yeah. So I am the one that's, burnt all my bridges i've not really burnt any i didn't burn any bridges but still i've i've made a conscious decision to move on and move away from where i was and you know left left people left friends that i'm like you just know you're just not going to see again because you know that they didn't mean that much to you it's a pretty shitty thing to say i guess for a while and i'm sure it was on another game soundtrack uh the the song paper wings and paper planes were a little bit interchangeable for me for a while paper planes paper planes by mia i don't know it it's it's a it's a you you would know this song if you heard it take a minute go listen to it we'll come back so do you recognize the song now i do and how <laughs> like, okay. they're only interchangeable via the name oh right okay nothing to do with the like, sound fair enough oh yeah they're completely different songs one's a pop song and sorry one's a, a, a punk song and the other one's a, a, a hip-hop fair song enough. but paper planes and paper wings sort of these songs were very much around at the same time for me okay although paper planes did come out in 2007 and i think it was mostly because of pineapple express that i knew that song Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a, I think it, yeah. Some I think I recognise that it's in that. The one that gets me is that I so around this time in my car, we were speaking about cars earlier. Mm-hmm. I had a CD player. I didn't have an aux port. You fucking impoverished bastard. No, didn't initially anyway. So for a time, I was using <laughs> CDs. So I crammed as many songs onto a CD as I could. So I used to like to find. I mean, I listened to a lot of punk albums. So generally you could fit two albums onto one CD that were about, mm-hmm. you know, 35, 40 minute albums. You could get two on this album is 40 minutes and 54 seconds long. Mm-hmm. So this was, this was prime candidate. Number one, the album that I paired it with was thrice as the artist in the ambulance. Oh my God. That is intense. So, the two albums to me, this and you know, I used to drive back and forth from from Scotland back to home. It was about an hour, you know, about two and a half hour drive. One CD because you couldn't change it once it was in. Just have that on repeat for every time I drove. So it reminds me. So both of those albums just remind me of driving up and down between England and in England and Scotland, and and again being moving away from home, leaving home. All this just album just spoke to me at the right moment, at the right time. I, if it, it's it frightens me. It's it's one of those like those creepy things that fans do. It's like Tim, how did you know I was thinking like this? And obviously, it was just that was what they were going through. They were going through a similar time, and I related to them. But it became sort of a thing where I really, really, absolutely loved Rise Against at this time of my life because of just them ticking all of these boxes in my sort of needs and wants list at the time did you ever tweet them i did not i was never that weird at that time <laughs> i think twitter didn't come out till 2009 or something for me but yeah, nah, I, no i only i only ever messaged i only got replies from two bands in my entire life gallows as we discussed yesterday uh, last week um and lost profits <laughs> talking about cancelled bands I I messaged them on MySpace and they replied and I still fucking hate them what 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 I mean surely you hate them for more than the fact they tweeted you back oh I mean I mean fucking there's a big reason to hate fucking Ian Watkins at least uh but no I I I really liked the first Lost Profits album Fake Sound of Progress like Really, really liked it. I, I've obviously not listened to any of their stuff in a very long time, 
I remember Fake Sound the Progress coming out. I remember everyone losing their shit over Shinobi versus... Why are we talking about Lost Prophets? No, we're not going to anymore. But anyway, I sent them a message and they replied, so we write our music just for us. I called them sellouts, okay? Because their, <laughs> their next album was what Start Something and it was a dog shit. And I sent them a message saying like, you're a bunch of sellouts. And they replied, we write our music just for us, not not for the fans. Right, okay, so Rise Against didn't sell out to change their name to get a record deal, but Lost Profits sold out to because they wrote an album you didn't like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was... Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I'll, I'll fight in the comments, mate. I'll, let's find that tweet and let's... Oh uh, man, I tried. Go. I tried going through my own my MySpace messages to find it, but it's gone. It's long gone. But it was just a funny little thing that happened. Yeah, no, I mean, back back to some of the songs. Even I, I messaged you last last week listening to this. The song "Anywhere But Here." I don't know why, but for some reason, the drums in that song were were punching me in the face every time I listened to it. I think it's the footwork. And I think it's. I thought it was like a double kick. No, it's it's a technique. Yeah, I looked. I looked for some for some playthrough videos on YouTube, and not a lot of great ones. There was a pretty good one, but it, I never got. It, I never saw it in the video. They didn't have like a kick cam. So, but from what I could tell, it's all one foot. It's all that sort of punk one foot shuffle that I'm not even going to attempt it. But I think it's like a sort of you hit the heel and the toe and then it, you sort of heel toe the pedal and you get that. I believe it's called heel toeing. Yes. I'm not even a drummer and I got it right. Neither am I and I don't even know if I'm right. <laughs> Are we going to verify this? Or? No, no, we're just going to carry on. But yes. We'll just be, we'll just be two idiots that are now going to call it heel toeing from now on. Yeah, anywhere but here. I did mean to check with a drummer friend of ours, but I forgot to ask. Good. But the, I think I think we have to talk about the absolute creme de la creme on the album. Give it all. Oh, yeah. Absolute. What a what a song. What an just a gem of the lyrics, the the sound, the whole everything about that song is just perfect. Takes me back to cruising in my Cleo V six round the mean streets, Bayside. Interchangeable with the uh, fucking Black Betty and Snoop Dogg. But it was a weird time, man. Weird time to be alive. And the lyrics. I'm just reading through the lyrics of it now. So the bit when it goes like the gang chant part. Breathe, the air we give, the life we live, our pulses, racing distances. So wet my tongue, break into song through seas of competition. Please believe your eyes. A sacrifice is not what we had in our minds. I'm coming home tonight. I'm coming home tonight. We give it all. Yeah, love it. Ooh, that that went there. What yeah, we did. You, you can. You're not going to edit that, but anyway. Where 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 do you think we're where do you think we're going with this? What what's the pollution burns my tongue, cough words I can't speak, and so I stop my struggling. Then I float to the surface, fill my lungs with air. Then I let it out. We give it all. I don't know, I've always thought it was of being sort of a just about being being different, standing out amongst a crowd, I guess. I think every verse is different, yeah. Rock bottom's where we live and still we dig our trenches to bury ourselves in them, Brax baking under tension. Yeah, you're yeah, I th- I think it is about sort of giving it all to like break through your adversity to like you know, not not let it beat you, sort of thing, which is an incredibly positive metaphor and story, and the so- the music enforces that because it just you've got those slow chords as a bit of an intro, and then the drums, and then it's just like a dead in, and then it just you're away, and it's just two and a half minutes of just winding up. Do you know what I mean? Windmilling in. So this song was originally recorded on. Uh, a compilation album called Rock Against Bush, Volume One. Wow! Uh, really? Yeah, it was rec- it was Fat Records. They so this song was recorded for a Fat Records release, and I mean other songs on this album. You had actually Ministry No W, just another callback to Need for Speed Underground there, but it also had like some some Forty One song on there. It had 
uh, strung out bad religion cover uh, sorry a bad religion cover by the Ataris uh, Pennywise no effects of course newfound glory all songs that are very much anti bush so if i start mm. singing so, so against me did a song called sink florida sink <laughs> if you know that's where george bush was from um yeah yep. good oh, good yeah. just making sure everyone knows um <laughs> there's there's one the offspring had a song on just called baghdad so, yeah so this was i mean this was very much a time when pop punk and punk rock was was very much in in the mainstream media it was very popular it was extremely accessible and no effects album was called the war on errorism you have literally compilation albums of bands writing songs against the war in iraq things had gone on in the last few years from 9-11 to date which which had upset you know the counterculture a lot of people and not and, just the counterculture surely a lot of people so I mean, if it's upsetting most people when the counterculture starts rising up as this sort of voice of reason, almost of of anarchy being a thing, it, it was you know it was it was quite a thing. But this was so it was originally recorded for this album, and then it got re-recorded for Siren Song of the Counterculture. If you wish to hear the original recording of it, it is on the Rarities and B Sides album that's on Spotify. Ah, might check that out. It's good. I think it's a good. I think it was a good, good shot first time. But obviously, there's. It's clear by list putting those two side to side, the the two versions of Give It All. You realise how important the producer Garth Richardson really was in in getting the recording sounding fucking spot on. There, I suppose, if I have to nitpick on something, I find the. St- the guitars, you know how on State of the Union it has its big build up and then everything drops out and you've got the really fast punk riff. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I do find those guitars quite flat. I, I do find the tone of them a bit, maybe that's the point, maybe they're supposed to be kind of like high up in the range, but it, it I don't know if it just sort of puts the album into context and from that point on the rest of it sounds pretty good but there is always something about state of the union when i first hear it that is always a bit off i'm always a bit like "Ooh, that's not the best guitar tone i've ever heard interestingly the album that followed up siren sound counterculture the suffer and the witness mm-hmm. i don't like that album and i've never been able to put my finger on it until recently and i think it's the guitar tone that got, got used it always felt like very watered down and I don't know if it was just because it just never the, the album just never, unlike Siren Song, which appealed to me. It, it it had hooks. It got me somewhere in the in the brain. Suffer and the Witness just never had that same effect. And I always used to just think that the there was something a bit flat about the recording. It wasn't a bad album by any means. It's not a it's not one that starts and I turn it off. I just feel like a lot of the songs. I'm like, oh, is that it? Um, and you just kind of move on from them, um, except for the final track, Survive. Oh, mm. oh, Chef's Kiss. What a song. I don't know. This, and, you know, to have to listen to 12 tracks of mediocrity to get one track of something extremely fantastic, it's not worth it. I'll just listen yeah, to that one track. It's, it's the song that has prayer, it's the album that has Prayer of the Refugee on it as well. That's That's sort of where... That was my feelings towards Rise Against as well. After Siren Song of the Counterculture, like I said before, nothing just hit me as hard as as what that album did. None of the songs sort of really had the impact or the meaning or the appeal that that album had. One story I do have about Suffering the Witness is the cover, which was a sick of it all cover called from a song called Built to Last. It is from that song that my first band name came from war charge carve the future carve the future so in built the last there's a there's a a line take the glory sharpened knife carve the future of your life so nice yeah carve carve, the future that's where i 
stole that from was from Built to Last. If anyone ever asks, I was uh, I was just looking at Rock Against Bush Volume Two. What? Who was on Volume Two? Released same date as Siren Song of the Counterculture, August tenth, two thousand four. Green Day, Bad Religion, Dropkick Murphys, Flogging Molly, Foo Fighters, Sugar Cult, Rancid, The Unseen, Yellow Card, Fuck Dillinger Four, Sick of It All, No Doubt. All right, No Doubt. The Do Nots. That's great. That's so. That, and then there's you know so many bands that are just getting getting behind. I'm just having a look at that now. Operation Ivy. Why was there? Why was there no rock against Trump? This is what really pissed me off. Is what was going on at the time. Just punk rock wasn't wasn't mainstream anymore. It wasn't. I don't know. It just. I think. I, I think things have been a bit messed up recent recently. But fact, Red. Amen. Amen. I know too many too many quiet artists and all this TikTok reels whatever you want to name that's ruining lives rotting brain cells sure as hell fucking rots mine you're just you're just sounding a bit like an old man yeah i know i feel it sometimes like when i go i hate myself when i go on instagram reels because i can feel yeah the power of it just being like why one more one more why has instagram stop doing this to me stop baiting your users or no sorry not baiting your users stop trapping your users I have audio disabled on Instagram, i.e. if uh, an autoplay. So if I want to watch a video, or if, sorry, not autoplay is not disabled, the volume's off. So if I want to listen to, I can't even remember if this is a setting I set anymore or what, but if I want to hear the audio of a video, I have to hit the little speaker button on Instagram, right? For the past like two weeks, Every time I've tried to enable the audio, I've ended up in a reel. Like, it's as if they've reduced the hit state for the audio button to be so small that they're trying to trap you into getting stuck into reels. I think they've integrated reels into your feed. No, they have. They, they have. But you, you used to just be able to hit the, the audio button and you would just have the video in the normal feed. Now, it opens up the reel. And then it starts putting me through reels. Go fuck yourself, Instagram. You're just pushing me further and further away. Yeah, well, I might just have to use it for this, for the podcast, and that's it. Yeah. I'm close. If anyone wonders why we're not on TikTok, it's because we're two thirty-somethings that don't give a fuck. Yeah, I feel I feel really out of touch with that kind of generation. I must admit, I finally feel like there's a divide now. There's a there's a there's a distinct. I'm I'm a child of this age, and yeah. I was in. So I was um, me and a friend were in a in a nightclub a few weeks ago, and they were playing music from the late nineties, early two thousands. A lot of so, love hip hop, R and B, Eminem, Dr. Dre kind of stuff. Very much our roundabout our time. Yeah, and it was just at that moment I was just like, that was twenty years ago. This is an eighties bar. Wait, what? So, when, you know, when in the mid 2000s. Oh, so when you were, yeah, and yeah, when you were in an 80s bar. Yeah, you, you were listening to music you, that was about 20 years old. And yeah, you were 20 listening to music from 20 years ago in the 80s. Yeah, this is the music that my parents were listening to when I was born. And now I'm listening to music that was out before these people in this bar were born. Oh, God. I, I felt really like. Oh man, everyone in this. I, I never got ID'd once. I knew it was going downhill from there. <laughs> laugh, 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 laugh. Oh, oh, Chris. Sweet, sweet Christopher. This is episode 26. At which point did you realize you were a 30 something and that the music you listen to is 20 years old? I hadn't missed that point, but it was just being in this bar and just realizing that when we go to places and they play retro. And they play like retro music from the eighties. Yeah. When we were doing that in the early two thousands, you know that was that wasn't weird. But now they're going out listening to music that they think is retro, yeah. and we're like, "Fuck off! That's not retro. That was a fucking banger." <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd be sitting there, you'd just be like, "Oh, Enter Sandman. Yeah, this is pretty old. Oh, fuck it! I fucking love this new Rise Against song." And now it's like, 
Enter Sandman is still fucking old, but so is Rise Against. I know, they're all old. Anything we listen to is old. I think I saw a great quote on Instagram just saying, oh God, the bands I've never heard of are covering bands I've never heard of. Sounds sounds about right. Yeah, that's when I know I'm old and I'm out of touch. So I'm just going to keep listening to the shit music that I listened to when I was 18 years old, like Rise Against, and you can all just suck my knob because this is just the fucking... This, this band are just absolutely spot on. Look, you were talking about the generation gap. As long as you never end up voting for Tory, we'll still be friends. Don't start me on that, please. <laughs> why? Why? Let's start you. Let's oh, start why? You why would any? Happening? Why would anyone vote for such a fucking bunch of liars? Why would it? Well, okay, sure. PSA: If you have voted for the Conservatives and you're listening to this podcast, fuck off. <laughs> like, Go you're not fuck well, yourself. You, no, no, you know, no, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna, gonna reel back on my my co-hosts' views here. And just and I just want you to look yourself straight in the mirror, eye to eye, and just be like, "I voted for that. I wanted this." Just just look yourself. Just look at yourself. Just go to the mirror and just go. I chose that man. Go for it. And then and then fuck off. <laughs> then 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 you can follow his advice. I don't care. <laughs> and then go fuck yourself. We're talking about. Can we get off this? <laughs> no, no, we can't. We're going to ride this wave. We're uh, you're you're talking earlier about how um, you know. Th- the, the kids these days and like you're sort of there's the gaps opening and stuff like that you realize we're going to need that generation because when the boomers finally fuck off we're gonna need the numbers so we should probably <laughs> like we should probably be friends with them you know we should I th- probably I, I think we've got pretty good relations with them from a pr perspective surely i hope we do i don't understand i don't understand people that just fold up their jeans and expose their ankles it scares me oh no that fashion's fashion that comes and goes I don't get it but they're young people we would right okay go on, they can they can claim that that one we were doing that with skinnies no 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 i was i was never doing it dude i i, I wore boot cuts till about 2012 <laughs> you were you were the, you were the one guy keeping levi's afloat with his straight jeans oh, levi's please no next next thank you very oh. much and and I spend more than 30 quid on jeans. I used to love treating myself to a good pair of Levi's when they were in fashion. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I'm fucking on that. Just to continue the old man rant. Did I say this before? Did I not? I went into, we'll just call it a high street shop in Edinburgh. A Prince's Street high street shop. Does it begin and with, were, does it get, does it begin with P and end with a K? No, it begins with an uh and ends with a fitters. <laughs> right, so right off the bat, you have gone into the wrong place. You're calling I yourself know. an old man. I know. Don't go what in there. I, what was I doing there? Honestly, I might as well have been in. You you were a fish out of water in Urban Outfitters, mate. Oh my God. And they knew. They could smell it. They were just like... Smell it. They don't even smell it. You can see it. You've got an aura around you because... Yep. Yeah, it's it's yeah the thinning hair, the greyness, the 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 fact that I clearly looked lost. Anyway, did the lady come over to you? And go, did you mean to go into Sports Direct next door, sir? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Practically, they were just like, oh, sorry, um, Mountain Warehouse is next door. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, right. Oh, but the, the 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 point being is, even in our time, man, fashion has changed so quickly. To the point now that I went into the shop and there was a kicker's jumper. I remember wearing kicker's jumpers in the 90s. Yeah. How are we on 90s already? Is my point. It's just how retro works, man. Like, you know, we there was there was a whole like 80s revival a few few years ago, maybe about, let's say, 10 years ago. There was a bit of an 80s revival. People wearing like high colour shell suits and sort of things like that were kind like, of fashionable for a short time dude, dude at this rate in two years emo's coming back can't wait embrace it I'm embracing that I can't I don't have the hairline anymore but do you know what I mean like it's 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 coming back no, no, it, just, it fully is it, it's already on its way back have you heard of the emo tiktok trend no Oh, I, I was hopeful you were going to say emo's not dead, but no, you've got uh, emo's not dead. It's, um, Matt Cut Cut Culshaw Cutshaw Cut Cutterall Cut. Either way, 
Emo's Not Dead is... Great. Love it. So good. Love it. Massive nostalgia kick. But also, I think he's he's tapping into an audience, obviously, of like me and you uh, and, and friends who are like well into the music of the time and seeing these musicians sort of appear in his videos and as endorsements brilliant but i think he's also got a young audience in there as well who are loving the nostalgia kick that week they're loving being part of something that they weren't ever part of 20 years ago maybe so they can they can relive that they can live through what we lived through all those years ago but that it won't be the same it'll, it'll always be different they will make they'll make it their own they'll make it their own subculture they'll it'll be different to the what we we had but still yeah i embrace that i look forward to it i look forward to seeing people with green streaky hair and fucking big long fringes that they can't see through and skinny jeans and vans kicking no, about I, oh, I can't wait i was gonna i was gonna the opposite remove well this wasn't really emo was it it was the um the sort of new metal skater look of the Bernese blades and the and the airwalks and stuff. Oh man, I mean, we could talk about that for days. That We've was what it was very wearing. nostalgic today. That we was have gone heavy on the nostalgia. But again, I've, I mean, I said it early on. This album, it it really does tick a big, big nostalgia box for me. I can name. I've named games. I can name places where I was playing that game. I remember the songs from that game. Like, absolutely word for word. And, you know, I would still play these games today. I think I even fired up my old PlayStation 2. I don't have Need for Speed Underground 2 anymore, unfortunately. But I still have my save file. <laughs> Wait, what was the date? For the last time I played it, it would have been like 2005. That's amazing. I'm going to have to look at it. I might actually double check that when I last played it. I just Please, hope it works. We'll put, up, we'll put it on the gram. We'll get some... We'll get Did I not send you a picture content. of it? I thought I sent a picture of it of it to you you might have sent me a picture of it but i've been drinking a lot recently while you're finding out big question have you ever seen rise against i have seen rise against live yes i saw them why don't you why don't you talk about that on this audio medium i saw them in 2014 i think at the o2 academy in glasgow glasgow Glasgow. As, as mentioned in our previous episode with alexis on fire I missed them supporting Alexis on Fire in 2005 at the QMU, sadly. Um, yes. So I made efforts to go and see them when I could the, the the next time I was available to. And that was when I saw them. I'm trying to remember who the support act was, actually. I think it might have been... Yeah, it was Pennywise. They supported Pennywise in their, that was November 2014. Um, that was their tour for the album The Black Market, which... Don't know it. I haven't really given the time to, I'll be honest. After Appeal to Reason, they I think I listened to Endgame. Then there was the Black Market. They've just re-released Black Market on Spotify last year. I, I don't know whether it was part of like a special edition sort of thing. Expanded edition. Uh, and they have they have just released another album in the last generation. few months, which is really, really hard to listen to. There was one song that came on my spotify release radar mm-hmm. and it's sort of kind of going back to your swing life away sort of chat and it's listening to effectively what he must be in his 40s maybe 50 going on 50 now hang on i don't think so. how, how old's tim hearing a man a lot older than yourself let's let's see born in 1978 he's 43 I was going to say, do you want to hate yourself? He's only 43. Listening to someone that's 43 singing about a nowhere generation. It just felt a bit like listening to Mark Hoppus singing about being a teenager. Yeah, you you sort of, you, you pass a point where you can perhaps relate to those that you're trying to sing to. So... I suppose that's what it is for Swing Life Away From Me. You know, we're however many years later, we're nearly 15 years later. Is it 15? Is my math that shit? Yeah, so it's... 16 years later, and 
here's this massive band swing singing about minimum wage and just you know dodding through life when they're not that band anymore the, the first opening lines to the song nowhere generation is we are the nowhere generation we are the kids question mark that no one wants we are a credible threat to the rules you set a cause to be alarmed i've heard this song yeah it, it, this this song came out in the last few months um and i i skipped it i skipped it pretty quickly because i don't know when a 43 year old man uses the words we are kids i'm like nope out done you've you've missed me you've missed the mark here yeah and I, i've i've sadly written off the whole album because of that one lyric happens though absolutely happens because also you're not a kid anymore correct you have kids like you're not that's not a relatable lyric for you it's it's just not a very relatable thing and doesn't and and i mean maybe i'm being hypercritical here but it just sounded a bit by the numbers well, which there it is it'll never i i the, this is probably not rise against fault but they will never match siren song for its timing in my life and that is the podcast you know we're revisiting the stuff that we found and loved growing up the rose tinted glasses are thick nostalgia is spewing out of every song that we listen in listen to context is everything and these songs and this album obviously meant something to the both of us at a time in our life where the nowhere generation means fuck all. Yeah, I'm n- I'm now I'm now the homeowner, getting you know nine to five, uh, just getting by. I don't feel like God. I'm nowhere. Do you look at yourself in the mirror, lad, and just think, what the fuck happened? God, every morning, every. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be cool, man. I was never cool. I was never cool. Right before we crack the beers open and just cry ourselves to sleep. Anything more that we want to talk about with Siren Song of the Counterculture? Fantastic album. 10 out of 10. Go and listen to it if you haven't already. Brilliant album. Yes. Agreed. Wonderful, wonderful album. Even more so, like, I don't even particularly like punk songs, but a lot of this does appeal to me. I might go a little bit further and see, give give some other songs a try. Like, I did try a few other, their, their, their bigger singles, when, when listening to this and didn't hate what I heard but yeah no just just from start to finish what a record and I'm really glad I heard it good and I'm, thank you very much for bringing it to the pod Keith it was a brilliant suggestion which then brings us on to the next question of what are we doing next so again I have to put myself back into 2004 I'm back at University Hall's and this album was given to me by a friend before I left where I was and moved up to Edinburgh. And it's a bit of a different direction, so parkour! Um, <laughs> we're, we're going in. Um, parkour! So I want to talk about the debut album by a band called Sixth. The trees are <laughs> dead and dried out waiting for something wild. I just spat all over my desk. <laughs> I totally forgot you wanted to talk about this. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm actually really looking forward to talking about it. I've, it's anyone who knows me. My PlayStation ID, my email address for a good long time. Do you really want to put this out there into the world? Well, I'm not going to say what the at is, and I'm not. <laughs> if anyone wants right. to join me on PSN, they're welcome to. Is <laughs> Is hold my finger. You heard it here, folks. That is from and this hold album. Your finger on this, this song off this album, the trees are dead and dried out, waiting for something wild. This, this, it's it's all this album's fault. And this was my introduction to Dient. Dient. Ugh. Yeah, I need to go there. I think we need to explore it. Okay, I'm down with that, man. I will refrain comment. Until next week. Good. So, 
<laughs> with that being said, would you like to take us home, Keith? Nope. Okay. Okay, well. Thanks everyone for listening. This has been Alive or Just Blethering. We've been talking about Siren Song and the Counterculture by Rise Against. Again, if you'd like to give us a shout, a little comment, tell us how much we're talking shit, tell us how much actually Swing Life Away is the best song they've ever written. Drop us a DM, drop us a like, drop us, drop us a comment. Suggest the podcast to a friend. Let's get the word out there about Alive or Just Blethering. Does the word blethering mean anything to people out there listening? A friend of mine asked me that at the weekend and they were like, is it too Scottish? Probably. But anyway, next week on Alive or Just Blethering, Lav is going to be taking us through... Oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. The trees are dead and dried out. Wait for something wild. What a shit title. Bye, six. <laughs> um, you, you, you had it ready. You had that one ready. Yes. Yeah, cool. Thanks very much. Good night. Good night.